to avoid fainting, keep repeating. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. It's only a podcast. podcast. Hey, welcome back, folks, to part two of the Podcast Macabre's discussion on horror movie remakes. Uh, if you tuned in for part one, uh, we discussed in general about remakes, uh, ones we liked, ones that we're on the fence about, and, uh, of course, the miscellaneous segues involved, but that's our style, and we roll that way, deal with it. Um, this episode, we're going to jump into our ones that we really, really like or love, and... Uh, Along the same lines as uh, was said in the last podcast, we're pretty much doing our murder-fuck kill list. Um, or as Don coined earlier in the week, our fresh, embalmed, and putrid. So uh, this uh, episode, we're going to be definitely talking about the our fresh and the ones that are putrid and should just be buried in the ditch. So um, anybody want to take the first swing? <laughs> are we going to start on the, uh, the fresh or the putrid? Because I think um, we really touched on... Kind of like the middle of the road on the first one. Right. Um, well, I'll I'll get it rolling with uh, uh we can start with love. Let's start happy. Let's, so uh, yeah, let's let's go to our happy place, shall we? Let's <laughs> end um, on blind rage. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Bring it. Um, I know. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, Joe and I might be sharing on this one. Um, so I'm going to wing it out there, but, um, I love the original. It's one that I truly loved as a kid and, uh, can still go back and watch and enjoy it. And, uh, the, uh, remake holds a dear and special place in my heart because where else do you see a head separate, pop legs out and scurry away as someone else watches it go and say, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Preach my brother. Yes. The thing. That's that's one of those movies I I can go back and watch that at any time that uh John Car I mean John Carpenter period John Carpenter I'll have to say John Carpenter has about an 80% batting average with me. There's some that just didn't quite make it. Ghost of Mars, I'm looking at you. Uh <laughs> but the thing it I mean you got Kurt Russell, you got Keith David, you've got uh, Wilfred Brimley. <laughs> And he's not talking before about the, the diabetes. Before the diabetes. <laughs> before the diabetes. And uh, just so so much others that it's the the well okay to go back to the original as well that uh, you got uh, James Arness, Marshall Dillon playing the monster in uh, the thing from Outer Space, the classic black and white, and uh, that was one of those that used to pop up uh, around Halloween uh, on local TV and. I, so yeah, I grew up watching that one and loved it. And then when the the remake, uh, which does definitely do its own spin, and uh, uh, oh, what's the name of the original novel? Who's there? That uh, the remake harkens a lot more to the novel, but just still that sense of isolation, um, which at the same time can also be alluded to, like an alien. That you know you're stuck on the spaceship with this, you're stuck in that Arctic outpost. There's no place you can go, and you have a creature that can mimic not always perfectly, but anybody else. So you don't know who is the bad guy, and the building of tension, but the the practical effects. Anytime I want to ta- tell someone 
practical is better than CGI, which I had that debate with my daughter, I show them the thing. And between the, the dog transformations, uh, the, the, uh, the Petri dish with the blood. Um, the chest caving in with the yes. teeth. Oh, God, that, that bit always got me with, a, I mean, you know, clear and, <laughs> and the, the severed stump hands. And, yeah, and just uh, Kurt Russell as well. It, uh, yes, there's so, I, I do, I have a lot of love for that movie. Yeah, you uh, were a bit on. That is my my top. I think that's the best remake of all time. Like, I don't see. There's nothing else that compares to it. It's a trendsetter in almost every single way. It's just a brilliant film. And I know I'm going to shock you, the both of you, but honestly, when I was going through the listings of movies in my head, and then uh, going back and reviewing the originals so I could have something to compare it with, I was on. I'm on board with you guys on the thing. I thought as far as, you know, the tensions and everything, it it far exceeded, even though the original was good, it far mm-hmm. exceeded everything about the uh, about the original as far as the tension, number one, number two, the visual effects, and number three, just to have certain, like, you know, you, you didn't know who the bad guy was. Even when you were like, there's no way Kurt Russell's the bad guy. Even then, at certain points, you were questioning it. Mm-hmm. So I really, really dug that about that movie. And uh, for the other uh, other side note, again, going with it being a John Carpenter film, the soundtracks. Carpenter, mm-hmm. the, way, the way Carpenter does his scoring, because just thinking of the whole bits when the tension's building and you just got that keyboard pulse beat, just that doom, 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 doom. Doom doom. As as the tension builds, I mean, it's it's like your own heartbeat ratcheting up, and it just it. There's so many things that are so good with that movie. I I can go pop it in right now. Well, when it comes <laughs> to John Carpenter and his soundtrack, I mean, besides the simple fact that he said he worked cheap because he could do directing, screenplay, and uh, do the uh, soundtrack. Scoring. Yeah. With with him, he lives up to the less is more. Yes. You don't need to have a full orchestra to set it up. He he just keeps it as simple as possible, and that helps build up the story. It becomes a character in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I mean, uh, just to, to even hearken to one of his other movies that I'm sure is going to get talked about for remakes as well here, but with uh, the original Halloween, just the the way it starts out with the I mean the the original the theme music, which is that staccato. And then on top of the yeah, I mean this yeah, Carpenter scores are awesome. I actually ran across a blog post this week. It just randomly, I wasn't even searching out anything on the thing, but this lady was talking about how John Carpenter's The Thing is actually like this great feminist sort of movie. Because of the fact that it's all men and it shows how things just go to shit and you don't have a woman around to get charged. <laughs> she yeah. actually like laid out like various arguments for it. Not all of them that I agreed with, but that was kind of like her tag on at the end of it was just basically like, yeah, so without a woman, just everything goes to hell. I was like, oh, that's just so perfect. That, that, that is definitely a unique spin. I, I have not thought of that one before. I like that. Yeah, she kind of laid out like every kind of 
you know, stereotype or type of guy represented in the film and, and kind of went on. But yeah, it, it was pretty hilarious, even though she was making some valid points as she went through. Great. I will say my, uh, my favorite matchup in regarding the thing is, uh, when I post every Christmas time is, uh, the Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer mashup with the, <laughs> the, the thing trailer. <laughs> that one is just hilarious. Um, so yeah, we there a great start. We 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 have a consensus. Isn't that weird? That's let's, that's unusual. Let's see how let's see how well that holds. <laughs> <laughs> well, like I said, as soon as Amanda walks to the door, I'm gonna be like, Amanda, come here, come here, sit down, sit down. Here, take over. I gotta make dinner. What what am I doing? Just let her rip. <laughs> They'll guide you. <laughs> She won't be. Uh, she, yeah, it'll be an impulse control thing where it'll be like, "What? <laughs> oh no, no, no." <laughs> well, I, I doubt that because you know, with, with her, in order to get that kind of response, you really have to hit a nerve because most of the time she's just like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I see your point." You know that kind of thing. She's very quiet and reserved. But you get a few in her and show her something completely ludicrous. Yeah, it's it's something to behold. <laughs> Um, well, I guess uh, you're turning up to bat, Don. Uh, throw out uh, what's one of your faves. Well, one of my faves as far as remakes go, I don't even know if you want to call it a remake, to be honest. Um, because a lot of the movies that I've seen, um, they, they, I, they kind of fall under the they're passable. I don't really say they're they're better than the original, and I don't say they're say they're any worse than the original. But one that I will give the edge to, and I honestly, this is going to sound like the suckiest ass reason for it, <laughs> is only probably because it's Gary Oldman. I, I love him as an actor because ah. believe me, has nothing to do with Keanu Reeves, has nothing to do with uh, Winona Ryder, but and it definitely has nothing to do with the fact that. Um, Francis Ford Coppola directed it because, quite frankly, it lasted a little longer than it needed to be. But I liked the Dracula remake. I love that movie. I like it. Yeah, it holds a special place in my heart. I was working at the movie theater here as a high school student, and the scene where they chop off the head of, I can't remember her name, and then it morphs into, like, that roast on the table that they're all eating – I would yeah. walk in on that scene every single time that I worked just to hear people groan. I mean, I, I also like the fact that the very end song by Annie Lennox, that had that was so powerful to me. I mean, when I first was listening to it, sometimes I'm not ashamed to admit it. It sometimes made me weepy. But it, all in all, it was I thought it was a really good movie. I just could never put my finger on as to why I cannot explain it. Uh, yeah. what, I like, what I like about it, and I didn't realize it <clears throat> when I originally watched it, but when I found out, it was like, that's what I liked, is that so much of it was practical. So they did, they mm. used so many old techniques, and it gave it that just layering that, you know, if you go in with a green screen, I there's some CGI that I really like. Sometimes I think it's just used as like a get out of jail free card and they don't know what they're doing and it's awful. But like they used just these, 
you know, techniques that were old as, as old as filmmaking itself, pretty much. And it really added something to the whole production, I thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just had a, a vibe about it. Um, and in a close tie with it, if you take out the first hour, okay, you can almost see where it's going. <laughs> but the Peter Jackson remake of King Kong. Because again, fucking hated that movie. Not, let me explain why I liked it, okay? Because I wanted to hate it because I remember the original uh, screenplay that they that leaked out. They were going to make it sound like she was training him like a dog, you know. But the first hour had to go. That it it, it was unnecessary. It was too drawn out. I it had nothing to do with the original movie, to be honest. But I liked the way they – you have to understand from a perspective here. My favorite animal is the gorilla, okay? I, I think um, gorillas in the very first – cinematically speaking, for the first 30 years, maybe even 40 to be honest, were so vilified as monsters. I think it had a hand in a lot of stuff of their uh, – shall we say, uh, near extinction, if you will. Uh, a lot of it has to do with poachers, but mm-hmm. they were so vilified. They, they were seen as, like, just plain, fat, you know, flat-out monsters. And King Kong really, as, as good as it was, didn't exactly help. Mighty Joe Young actually helped, you know, gorillas as a species than than king kong did but i liked how they did the special effects number one number two i liked how they actually showed what gorillas are like in many ways that's the only reason why i enjoyed the movie as a remake as far as you know as far as i'm concerned the original still there's there's nothing that's going to hold a candle to the original but then again i don't really qualify king kong as a horror film as they did back in the 30s right i'll i'll interject for myself here i have not seen the the last remake of king kong with uh jack black and uh uh, oh what's your name naomi watts yes i haven't seen that one but in in between i think we're looking over the one front with jeff bridges and jessica lang from the 70s i'm looking over it for a reason (laughs) See, that's the one I grew up on, as well as oh, I grew up the on original too. I have every version of uh, King Kong that there is, even with Linda Hamilton for crying out loud. Oh God! Um, the reason why I kind of overlooked the one with Jessica Lange is the simple fact that she calls she calls King Kong a male chauvinist pig. Really? <laughs> she and then says, "I'm a Libra. What are you? <laughs> really?" <laughs> <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> I'm more content watching Naomi Watts fuck up sign language by saying beautiful is putting her hand to her heart when that is not sign language for beautiful at all than listening to freaking Jessica Lingo, I'm a Pisces, what are you? you know, no. <laughs> fuck that. Hey, but hey, wrap around. He would have been a great addition to the freak show. Probably. That would have been the star attraction. <laughs> It was an odd time. 
Uh, it was <laughs> yeah, the 70s. 70s yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, those were strange years by all accounts. Uh, well, Jenny, what, uh, what's one of your favorites? Well, I have to admit, I got a little overexcited and I kind of blew my load a little bit the first, <laughs> uh, first go around because Dawn of the Dead just right up there for me. I, it's one of those where I know some people just loathe it. I really love it and can't say enough positive things about it, really. Yeah, I, I do. I still, I, I can, it's another one I can sit down and still watch. There's, there's, Bits that, of course, uh, I mean, well, they're how to put it. They're two different creatures who <laughs> are kind of in the same farm because they're there's bits that are different that I don't like of the new one, and there's still some stuff that doesn't quite hold up from the original. But they're both excellent in their own way. They are, and I think that if you just, uh, it's one of those things where. I would never say it surpasses the original because I love the original so much. It has both sentimental and cinematic value to me, mm-hmm. but it they just really it far exceeded any expectation I might have had. Um, and I just I thought they really did a good job. And the soundtrack, as previously mentioned, is fucking amazing. So yeah. So. Uh... Don, Joe, what's your guys' thoughts on Dawn of the Dead? Or any additional that we didn't didn't hit in the first episode? The only thing I didn't touch on the first episode is this, and you guys touched on it a, a bit with the soundtrack or with the Down with the Sickness. I love the swing version of it when they're yes. in the mall. That that was hilarious. Richard when I used Cheese. to do when I used to do drag, I actually did that version on stage. <laughs> <laughs> and I, because I thought it was I thought it was funny. I thought you know, music don't worry. You know what I mean? Did anyone get any of this? Yeah, you're sounding really broken there, Jenny. Uh oh, I don't know. Uh oh. I'm sending her a microphone. Yeah. That sounded no, like internet connection. Yeah, I'm we're having a storm right now too, so that's uh, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So we take the wait and see. <laughs> I feel like I'm at the McDonald's drive-thru. <laughs> <laughs> Don't do <that>. <laughs> <laughs> We're not laughing at you, Jenny. We're laughing with you. <laughs> I don't have no, much. I'm I, laughing because I, you pretty much said what I was thinking. <laughs> a large orange drink. <laughs> I need a liter of cola. Uh. Yeah, I, I, I share your pain. My internet does that to me now and then too. Yeah, and uh. it just it sucks because my ah, husband, there you go, you're back. Oh yay! Um, my husband kind of set me up at his desk and stuff, so I actually have a good headset right now because it won't it won't plug into my computer. So I can't borrow it. Um, so it's just like, of course, of course, the internet's going to be a dick. <laughs> it's uh, government controlled now. So, um, do you want to try to try to hit on what you're saying before <laughs> you kind of uh, screwed you over? 
I just liked the fact that the music was, and often it was bold enough where I, I really feel like you pretty much had to be like purposefully ignoring it, where it just was a total juxtaposition of what was actually going on in the movie at the time. And I, I just, I mean, Muzak, don't worry, be happy. That's amazing. <laughs> uh, I got, of course, random thought in my head. I have to say that, um, not even a remake or anything, but I have to say one of my favorite songs that still pops in my head for a soundtrack of a horror movie is uh, the song that plays over the end credits for uh, Slither. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Baby, oh, I love God. you, but leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> <laughs> that movie is amazing. <laughs> James Gunn, man. And his slugs are in Guardians of the Galaxy. The slugs from Slither are in Guardians of the Galaxy. It was in the where oh, was awesome. it the uh, the collectors the collectors thing? museum. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> Got, uh, gotta love it. So, well, Joe, uh, since I don't know if I stole your thunder or not by throwing the thing out first, you got you got another one you want to share? Or? We actually talked the last time around uh, about one that I would throw out, and that's the Tom Savini directed Night of the Living Dead remake. Ah, uh, yes. That that I think is just completely underrated, and more people need to watch it and appreciate it for what it is. Um, so since we already talked about that, the other thing I'll throw out, and this goes back into like sci-fi horror, like John Carpenter's The Thing, Cronenberg's The Fly. Ah, uh, yes. Definitely. That movie, uh, that was one of the very few movies as a teenager that I had to look away from the screen at certain points because it was just too damn sick and gross. The the fingernails. That, yeah. that's, still, that's one of those body horror things that still creeps yeah. me out is the pulling out of fingernails. Yeah. An interesting so little uh, trivia about that. Um, for starters, number one, it's a Mel Brooks production. Yeah. <laughs> and... A lot of people, when they heard about it, they were expecting a comedy. So certain theaters were putting out like uh, joke fly, like hats or whatever for the audience to wear. So they, when they left that theater, they walked in with a certain expectation, left with severe trauma. <laughs> like I was expecting the farting around the campfire. What the fuck is this? Oh, yeah, it. Uh... Yeah, I look forward to in the future. I, I I definitely want us to have an episode of of the works of David Cronenberg because there is so much in the in the world of body horror and things that he has done that, that uh, yeah that's that's its own show. And that one I will defer to my partner because I don't think I've seen I maybe saw maybe just half of a Cronenberg film um, at all. Scanners, <laughs> Videodrome. Uh, nope. Oh. Uh, Shivers, shivers. And speaking of slugs, uh, <laughs> um, I, uh, to go back to what you were saying too, though, about uh, Savini's remake of Night of the Living Dead. I know we talked we talked about this in the chat because I I recently watched it a uh, week ago or so, and I keep me I haven't done my own internet research or to even see if Savini makes any allusion to it in the commentary on the DVD. But uh, with the remake, they actually had a nameplate for the house, for the family, and it was M. Celeste. And with my random trivia brain of all those unexplained things in history, my brain jumps immediately to the, the ship, the Mary Celeste, when all hands are lost and no one knows why. So I wonder if that, that nameplate's an allusion to that or not. I don't know. You know, he's always at the uh, 
I don't know if he's going to be there this year, but he's usually always at the Motor City Comic Con. I'd love to ask him. Yeah, that would be that would be a great question. Make him harken back. <laughs> so you're like, do you know how old I am? <laughs> do you know how old that movie is? <laughs> yeah, let's try to pull that out of your ass, shall we? <laughs> but it's great. We get to talk to. I mean, Tony Todd. Yeah, I did start following Tony Todd on on Twitter as well. And I I mean this in the best way possible. Tony Todd is a relentless pimp. Yes, he is. <laughs> he re he retweets so many things that I gotta roll through it, scroll through it, scroll through it. Oh, there's somebody else's post. <laughs> but hey, God bless him for uh, getting it, getting it out there. But also, I follow Patricia Tallman on on Facebook as well. And Patricia Tallman's hilarious as hell. So she's one that I get random things from now and then. That yeah, she's just a funny woman. Um. Anyway. Uh. I guess we need to dive into our hate. Let's fucking give into the dark side. I got um, my shovel ready. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll start out gentle because I think I have one that nobody else has. Uh, the haunting. Oh, that haunt, that, that would be on my list. House, that uh, the haunting has a special place for me. That it's one of the the original. I've got it on Blu-ray, and I really need to reread. A well, not reread, but I need to get the book and read it uh, per recommendation of our buddy Rick Cross. Uh, because everything in that movie, that movie is the epitome of atmospheric horror. Everything is built up through tension. The only special effect in the entire movie, other than camera angles and lighting is when the door is breathing. I mean, you can either view it as that door is breathing because the house is essentially alive with the spirits, or it's that irresistible force within the house that's just so strong that it's pushing against that door and making it bulge in and out. Everything else is done by sounds and that the acting of everyone in the show. So when you get to the remake, even though you've got you know Liam Neeson, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Owen Wilson's fuck Owen Wilson, and, Lily Taylor. And Lily Taylor. I mean, she's she's great in so many things. She's another great underrated character actress for so many things. But there's so much of that movie that the the acting fell short or got too damn campy or and the CGI overshadowed the tension. And mm-hmm. yeah, I just I that one can fucking die a painful death. And that was like an $80 million budgeted film. I know. And I remember when that came out. See, that was the one that everyone – I was still working at that same movie theater. That's the one everyone wanted to screen. So we had maybe 30 people watching it after we had shut down that Thursday night. And like, I hated it. I absolutely couldn't stand it. And it came out not very long before Blair Witch hit. And I just right. I remember just kept repeating like fuck this movie Blair which is where it's going to be at for a horror film, and it, it was like it was just that movie what Jim was talking about with using CGI improperly mm-hmm. that movie's the textbook definition of that oh, for me. It just yeah. shoves it right in your face. It's like there's no there's none of that creepiness and that like well, subtle eeriness. It's just like ooh hey look it's a fucking banister and now look it's a fucking monster and ugh. <laughs> but yeah it was that was definitely that was part of that era when cgi was becoming slightly more affordable and a little more accessible for the movies and so yeah i think it there's there's too much of that Ooh, look what we can do look what we can do because i remember seeing the trailer for it and i was excited 
to see the movie when I saw the trailer because Me too. the creepy bits of like with the, the CGI of the, the wood carvings of the, the, the little cherubs and stuff in the wall when Lily Taylor's character's sleeping and they mm-hmm. turning and looking at her and that was creepy. I'm like, Oh, this is going to be great. Yeah. And then I see the movie and I'm like, this is an other bag of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was terrible. Do I, do I, need to, I, do I need to find the, uh, uh, the Hercules? line to throw in here disappointed <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the house on haunted hill which we talked about in the first part that came out several months later and mm-hmm. i think that got hurt at the box office by how shitty the haunting was i yeah. i'll agree with that i'll agree with that because that one's so that one's so much fun and it really it doesn't right. get enough love i don't think well i think part well to to compare between the two the original House on Haunted Hill, it was done as kind of a campy horror movie. And so it could afford to do that bits of over the top that the remake did that kind of went over over the top and bits yeah. versus the original The Haunting. There, there's just such a tone, a mood, a pacing and setting and everything that made it so well. And Julie Christie's acting where she just seemed like the sweet little naive thing who all of a sudden would turn on and turn into a bitch on the drop of a dime. <laughs> because of everything that had happened to her. Yeah. And, yeah, so you couldn't really afford to... Yeah, Catherine Zeta-Jones was so fucking over the top in that movie. It, oh it threw God. me off. Owen Wilson, I'm still never really been an Owen Wilson fan. And Liam Neeson, that, yeah, was not one of his strongest performances. <laughs> so, no. yeah, that, that, Question. That, that's my hate. Do you remember who directed that movie? No, I don't. The director of Speed and Twister. Oh, God. John uh, DeBont. That explains a lot, too. <laughs> Not that I, li- I like Twister. I like Speed. <laughs> the guy shouldn't <laughs> do so- do movies like that. <laughs> no. So, so who, who, who's going to throw down their gauntlet next? Um, I'm going to go with... Um, I kind of had a tie for my least favorite remakes... Um, the first being Nightmare on Elm Street. Not cool, man. Not cool. <laughs> it just was so flat and just uh, yeah, utterly forgettable. Oh, I still haven't it was seen just, that one, so I, ca- I got a reserved comment on that one, but I'll agree with everybody's opinion. <laughs> oh, it was just, it just, there was nothing, no interest. I was like, I don't kill them all. Fuck them. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and. <laughs> My other one is the fog. Oh god, yeah, that's that, horrible. That flat. I, I deliberately avoided that one. I took I took one for the team. It wasn't. Oh, and the first one's so good, and then it's like, oh, oh. So that's what that's what drove you to drink last night, then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's what's driven me to drink every day since. <laughs> the. I'm just going to only dis- um, disagree with you on one part about the Nightmare on Elm Street. It's, I like Jackie Earl Haley. He is a good character actor. Yes, he is. Um, yes. The only problem is Robert England did such a phenomenal job bringing Freddy to life, even when he got campy and, you know, just overly predictable. Where it was one-liners and fucking... Yeah. You, you still couldn't touch... Time, you couldn't exactly. touch Robert England's version. I mean, it, yeah, it's impossible. It's iconic. It's iconic the way he did it. No, and I think that my, like, the 
thing I have the least amount of problem with with that movie is him. I think that he gave it a good try. It, it, but it just, when you're going up against someone so iconic, it, I, like, I thought he did, I thought he did his job well. Just, it wasn't, it wasn't. I mean, the, the it, screenplay just didn't support it. Yeah. Exactly. It, yeah. That's one that you had to, that character is so in the conscious of America and everywhere else in the world, you had to nail that screenplay, and it was just, they threw that shit together just to get it out there, it seemed like. Yeah, it just, I didn't buy it, fortunately, so I don't, I didn't feel like I wasted money, but, I, and I, I'm one where even a, I mean, there are very few movies that I've hated to the point of being like, wow, I can't tell you how much I regret watching that. And that's, I mean, I'm, I'm okay with the fact that I watched it, an hour, you know, an hour and a half or whatever of my life, whoop-de-doo. But it's one that I have zero interest in watching ever again. It was so, it was just bleh. Yeah. Yeah, I'd rather watch Nightmare on Elm Street Part 2 versus the remake. I, Absolutely. I did, I did watch Part 2 the other night and i i have a total different set of eyes on it now since i know it is also known as the gay nightmare on elm street yep <laughs> i mean the, the whole bit when uh he's he's starting to make out with the girl and the freddy's tongue comes out and all of a sudden he's like no no i can't do this i can't do this I'm like there, there's just so many bits and freddy coming out of him and i oh there's just so <laughs> many things i'm giggling at and my daughter's like what's so funny i'm like We'll we'll have this discussion in a few more years when you can when you can get the symbolism. <laughs> so, and the fact that it didn't it wasn't there on the door it said no girls allowed or something like that. Yes. <laughs> oh, that was the, the thing that dawned on me too. Just casting randomly as we're as we're talking about Nightmare too, that uh, the uh, the the friend of his who gets uh, killed in his bedroom with the with a tremor was it after he's weightlifting or what was it? The guy who also played the best friend in uh, Vamp, who gets turned into a vampire <laughs> and does so many other things. But the the dad that comes knocking on his door, he's like, son, you know, what's, are you okay? What's going on? Open the door. It's the same actor who plays Ferris Bueller's dad. Oh, really? Yeah. I'd never <laughs> pegged that before. Oh, I kind of love the 80s. For sure. <laughs> the so 80s dog. were very incestuous as far as stars. There were like 12 movie stars, and they just kind of stuck them in everything it seemed like <laughs> yes yeah that was my, my research earlier was uh, uh i was sharing it in our chat i was trying to see if brian cranston had done any horror movies i always remember he did an episode of x files in the first season x files but uh i was trying to find if he did any horror movies and he hadn't but then i found out this guy's done everything from la law to, to hill street blues uh baywatch and he's he's been a prolific character actor since the 80s and then you know because uh, it's the whole difference of my, my daughter recently discovered Malcolm in the Middle and has been just marathoning it on Netflix. And so the to, for a guy to be able to make you laugh your ass off on that show and then make you clench your ass tight out of fear on Breaking Bad as Walter White, that just shows Brian Cranston is, is the man. But I digress. Yeah, he actually kind of reminds me in a way of like a Michael Parks where he's in these iconic movies and shows, has a huge range, and maybe hasn't always gotten the attention that he should, Mm -hmm. but just puts out quality. You know, his performance, even if it's 
you know, not your favorite show or not your favorite movie, his performance is always spot on. Yes. Yes, I, I do totally agree with that. Then I didn't know that he did uh, voice with, he did a lot of voice acting stuff for a lot of cartoons and stuff. He actually did voices for the uh, Clerks animated series too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I did not know that until I'm looking at his IMDb today. Uh, anyways, yeah, back, back and away from that tangent. Uh, uh, Don, what, what do you want to throw out for a hate? My gauntlet is not being thrown at any of you. <laughs> My gauntlet is being thrown at you, Mr. Campbell. <laughs> Mr. Bruce Campbell. Pardon me for the rest of you listeners. This is between me and him. All right? So this Punch rant is chin. being directed right at you, Mr. Campbell. Groovy. A few years ago, he came to Detroit. No, I'm going to address him personally. If he ever listens to it, fine. He can come on the show and we can go, we can have at it. Because I want my money back. All right? We should tag him when we post this fight. <laughs> a few years ago, Mr. Campbell, you came to Royal Oak. All right? That's a little nice little hamlet in Michigan. Not too far from my house, but I digress. You had an evening with where I was expecting just it was going to be you telling stories and whatever not. But, hey, I was pleasantly surprised that we were going to watch Army of Darkness. And then you were going to, do, you know... Do a Q&A afterward and whatnot. That's, you know, this was a birthday present for my partner of now going on this year together. Uh-oh. Bruce Campbell's hitting your internet, Don. Oh, yeah. Wait, You're... I'm all people flip this back. During the movie, um, they had an intermission where right before they continued with the movie, they showed the preview for the remake of Evil Dead. Now, there there was a lot, and I don't mean a lot of people who were already immediately hating on the fact that they were remaking Evil Dead. I was not one of them because it's, you know, it's a good movie, don't get me wrong, but it's not exactly in my top five. However, Mr. Campbell, you, after the Army of Darkness was over and you were doing the Q&As, you pimped the shit out of this movie. Now, the preview I saw looked pretty good. All right. What you failed to mention, Mr. Campbell, is what you were pimping was a largest pile of dog shit I've ever <laughs> seen steam in a frickin' snowbank, and I live in fucking Michigan, sir. I see a lot of that. We went to the movies with this expectation of it being a good movie, because you pimped it. It had the Bruce Campbell seal of approval. It had Briscoe County Jr.'s seal of approval on this fucker. <laughs> That's a name you can trust. And, yeah, exactly. And we go to the drive-in. All right? I've already explained why I go to the drive-in. All right? You don't need to know the story, Mr. Campbell. You don't deserve the fucking story. This crap that came on the screen about midway through I turned my head to watch the crudes, sir. I couldn't hear it, but I was watching it. Why? Because Evil Dead sucked. It deviated from the story. The only thing it had in common with the original story, sir, is it happened in the woods. That was it. There was demonic possession somewhere, I'm sure. But that was it. 
watch this. Because what I was watching was not the Evil Dead. What I was watching was you getting paid to say, you know what? It's not going to be as good as the original, but we need people to watch this, so I'm going to say it's good. You lied to me, sir. I want my eight bucks back for myself. I want eight bucks back for my wife. I want you to take back every word that you said that this was going to be an awesome remake. That it had your faith, your seal of approval. You watched it. You know it was going to be a humble little uh, remake. But you knew it wasn't going to exceed the expectations. But at the same time, it was going to meet the expectations. Sir, you lied to me. I want my money back. And I'm not treating this as here comes Kyle, or not Kyle, it was Stan and Kenny going after Mel Gibson for their money back for the Passion of the Christ. Oh, no, 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 no. No, 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 sir. I want you to tell me with a straight face and a pointed chin that that was not a good movie. Now, I may disagree with my, my comrades here about Blair Witch, but I didn't have somebody from the frickin' production staff tell me, oh, this is going to be outstanding. You're not going to be disappointed. I was disappointed. I want my satisfaction. <laughs> so I'm challenging you right now. Tag this, print it. I don't care what the fuck you got to do with it. I can go on forever about what was wrong with this movie. And remember, Evil Dead is not my top, top fucking five movies. But even I was disappointed. Well, maybe yeah. Bruce liked it, though. Maybe he didn't lie. Maybe he thought it was good. He was higher than a fucking kite then. <laughs> well, that explains it. <laughs> it was dog shit. And if it, if it gets somebody like me watching a movie, an animated CGI movie about cavemen that you can't even hear versus what they're showing on the screen, it's dog shit. Dog shit. Tell us how you really feel, Don. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Don't uh, even get me started. uh, In all all seriousness, though, um, uh, to shoot off of what you've just said, because I've seen mixed reviews and from friends that I trust who are interested in it who didn't like... The, mo- the remake movie. But with the Evil Dead series, TV series, they're supposed to be doing on Stars or Encore or something. And uh, Mr. Campbell has been helping promote some of that as well. Do you trust him anymore? No, I do not. Yeah. <laughs> I do not. <laughs> See, I've, I've, got some, I've got some editing options. I'm, I'm really tempted because i got some taglines from, from different Evil Dead movies I could throw in. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if I would have walked in there, honestly, without expecting it to be an Evil Dead remake, it would have been okay. Honestly, it would have been an okay movie, but I'm sorry. There are just aspects of that movie that were so unnecessary and so fuck, fucking stupid that it, it just didn't make any sense. It didn't hold any humor. It wasn't, you know, the Evil Dead was, and even with the the effects they used in the original, okay. And I went to the I think it was the pencil and the ink as cheap and cheap as the special effect was, still made wins. A lot of that was very, a lot of that was very broken up, Don. 
at least on my end it was. Sorry, I was uh, banging the microphone against my sweatshirt. Ah. Um, <laughs> but basically, there was, there was so much in the original that was cheesy, but it still made you wince, special effect-wise. Oh, yeah. Whereas in the remake, I'm sorry, I have had injuries that you're, you're not going to bat an eye at. However, when you're taking a chainsaw to your forearm and you're not making a sound, you're just like, <laughs> I'm sorry, fuck you. Show, show me something, say something. Go, ow, that, that kind of stings. Something! I, I, I want to jump in real quick because this movie and then the movie I finally chose is the one that I'm going to rant about or like neck and neck the entire time. <laughs> I... I didn't get mad at this movie because it wasn't, you know, kind of a, a remake of what I thought of Evil Dead. I went into it just putting the original out of my head. I hated it just on its own merits. <laughs> it no tension building whatsoever. Every person in that movie I hated and I wish they would die in the first ten minutes of it. Yeah, thank you. Then we talked about the Baba Duke before, and we were kind of vague on it. I'm not going to spoil anything on it, but I will. I want to compare and contrast with with Evil Dead. In the Baba Duke, the pop up book shows what is going to happen as the movie progresses, but they still build tension mm-hmm. and doubt and story. In Evil Dead, they laid out every single little set piece that was going to happen, and it robbed that movie of any sort of tension because the writing was complete shit and it drove me crazy. There is one scene in that movie that I loved and that's when the nurse is hacking her face off in the bathroom. If they had never showed the page where someone's cutting their fucking face off, I would have been so into that part of that movie wondering what that just gnarly sound was. And then I'm not a fan of needles, so the fact that the teacher got stabbed with the needle over and over again, that went, that really, really got me. And the only great thing I'll say about that movie is the practical effects they did were outstanding. But every other piece of execution for that movie just failed across the board. The writing made no sense. They killed the dog for no reason. They, they get emotional about it for two seconds, and then they never talk about it ever again. <laughs> it, it just I, I hated it. I, it and, and if you if you told me I'm going to show you a movie where a, a lady takes a chainsaw to a demon's face, and there's so much blood it soaks the set, and you're still going to hate the movie, I would tell you crazy. <laughs> but I, I am right there with you. I, I fucking hated that movie so much. And, and, and one then other the little thing, the stinger well, at the end was insulting as fuck. That too, yes, that too. But the simple fact that we touched on the first part of the podcast. Normally, I have no problem if you're changing certain things around as long as you stay true to the book or the 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 movie or whatever. They made Ash a girl. I'm sorry. This might might sound sexist, but no. She didn't even get the no, none of that, none of it. So in other words, we've got you're good Ash, and I'm bad Ash, and I'm girl <laughs> Ash, and I'm like the sexy Ash. I wear lingerie. <laughs> I look good in a pinup and a centerfold. <laughs> yeah, I just I, 
It's another one Hold of those. Hold the phone where... for a second. You guys keep going. I got it. Sure. I think let Amanda in. I'm not entirely sure. Hold on. Okay. Um, it's kind of another case of, you know what? Okay-ish. Not. I've watched it. Won't watch it again. Just meh. So I haven't. I haven't put the time to it because I, I, and I don't know if I ever will. Because again, I've got. I've, no. Uh, well, that's what I mean. We, I've gotten to that point where there's so many, there's so many outlets and so many things that you can try to see now. That I mean, it's like I go to my Netflix, I go to my Hulu, I go to my Amazon Prime. If I don't find it there, I go look on YouTube, and I can usually find the movie there if I'm looking for something obscure or something I really want to spend the time trying to watch. And so when I've got 99 percent, I mean, really, I don't know. I mean, honestly, Jenny, you're you're one of the few people I've ever talked to who's like, yeah, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> Would I watch yeah. it again? No. But everybody else, I'm, uh, especially as my, my Irish friends put it so well, it's another ba- utter bag of shite or a bag of bullocks. It's just they just like, no, 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 because uh, uh, my friend Graham Doyle recently watched it because it was available. <laughs> he figured, well, I'll check it out. And he's like, yep, bad choice. <laughs> I just, I, I, it's, it's another case of, I really take issue with the fact that it seems as though it's really difficult, difficult to make characters that you even remotely give a shit about. There's right. this disconnect now in movies a lot of the time where it's just like, whatever, so die, whatever, I don't care. Well, well, that's what I mean, uh, that was one of the failings for me with the Friday the Thirteenth reboot. I didn't I didn't give a shit about yeah, any of the characters. They yeah. they annoyed they annoyed the fuck out of me within the first half hour of the movie, if even that long. To where I'm like, okay, when's he gonna start killing him? When's he gonna yeah. start killing him? I started and I didn't even I wasn't a huge fan of the portrayal of Jason in it after the mm-hmm. the opening was great. I love I love the way the opening. I'm like, okay, this is a good twist. I like how this is going, but then. Once you introduce the the other characters and the way things started rolling, I'm like, I'm not liking this. I want to see them die. <laughs> but yeah, it was. I had to look at my review. My very it? first sentence for this for Evil Dead was: If Cabin in the Woods is a master's thesis on group trap and secluded dwelling horror subgenre, and it is, Evil Dead is a douchey frat boy C-graded English 101 term paper. Do one try eighty <laughs> I didn't even know it went lower than that, but yeah, I mean, remedial. And, and I don't blog. I, I I opened a blog. That's the only thing on it. <laughs> I'm shocked. I even the only reason I remembered the name of it is because it, I titled it uh, one of my favorite Alice in Chains songs. <laughs> I'm sorry. What did you guys talk what, about? Uh, I went back and found my blog post for Evil Dead. Ah. <laughs> but. Yeah, we were tuck, uh, I don't know, where did we venture off to when Don ventured off? <laughs> um, we kind of talked about how the problem with a lot of movies and in this conversation remakes oh, yeah. is that they make the characters who you should be rooting for to some degree just so utterly forgettable and unlikable that you're just like, kill them, all dead, goodbye. Right. <laughs> Well, and that, and on the, the flip side of that is they don't even make the villains, even like bringing in Mike Myers or Leatherface or anyone, they don't make them interesting enough to 
give a shit about. Like Freddy, by the end, you know, you're rooting for Freddy to kill everyone. There's none of that in what they're doing now. Yeah. Uh, I guess that'd be uh, as we're ta- we're kind of on this this branch here. What are you guys' opinions of some of the different characters being rebranded into that anti-hero role? I mean, that you've got. Uh, granted, I've never seen them either, but I know there's people raising holy hell about uh, the Silent Hill movies when suddenly Pyramid Head became like a savior for the character or something like that, to where they're. You know, people that are straight out, I'm going to kill you, I don't care about you, just the inhuman monsters suddenly getting that touch of humanity to them. Ooh. Um, I know a lot of people, uh, this was like a while ago, but um, a lot of people were, this was back with, and I know this is going to spark the uh, the actual debate that got touched on a long time ago. <laughs> See, we're great but, at building our own tension. <laughs> With Rob Zombie in the first one of of House of a Thousand Corpses, you really didn't care about the the main villains. You know, they weren't you weren't rooting for them except for maybe Captain Spaulding, but you didn't really think he was a villain until the end of the movie, actually. Right. But in The Devil's Rejects, everything coin flipped. Yeah, I love and, Devil's Rejects. That's one I, yeah, I do. Yeah, the villains became the heroes. And it was just weird because I remember reading an article in one of the local newspapers here where they said they you know, they had an interview with Rob Zombie and he says, you know, he it was not his intention when he made the Devil's Rejects to make the villains be the ones you were rooting for. But it just happened. And I think and this is just my my own personal take on it is with certain characters, like, say, your Freddies, your Jasons, um, maybe not so much Michael Myers, but or with the uh, the Devil's Rejects character, characters, or even Hannibal Lecter, even though I'd, I've never really had a desire to be a cannibal. Right. Um, I think it's because a lot of people, whether they want to admit it or not, see a little of themselves in these characters. True. Well, I don't know. With the, for me... Yeah, to really touch on the Devil's Rejects, the whole setup from the beginning that you've got them in the, you know, in the house. You've got the police raid that starts out the whole thing, and then even later when you've got the the, the sheriff seeking revenge, that doing uh, the the whole torture of the family members and stuff. So it's there's there's oftentimes that your main characters in Devil's Rejects are being portrayed as the victims. At least They're I'd the ones say, being persecuted. And, yeah. Well, to yeah to, to to bookend it really because through the middle they've got the, the nasty ass shit they do in that in that hotel. Right. And, but then totally. in the yeah in the beginning you've got their be, their homes being raided and so they're you know it's like the Butch and Sundance syndrome of you know they're shooting their way out and then at the end you've got everything that happens there leading leading up to the very end and. I was still astounded the first time I saw it. I'm like, how much did they have to pay to be able to get Freebird on this soundtrack? Speaking of, that soundtrack is phenomenal. Oh, God, yes. I love it. Well, with the opening credits, too, you got my, my all-time favorite Almond Brothers song, Midnight Rider, playing. Oh, that's mm. my favorite, too. Oh, so it's, yeah, I, I love that movie on so many levels. and much So much more than House of a Thousand Corpses 
is another one. If we're, yeah, we're di- definitely diving into Rob Zombie t- subjects here. <laughs> well, this is, this is going to be a perfect segue when I talk. Yeah, yeah and that, that's when I'm going to turn the headset over to Amanda. <laughs> well, because I'm, I'm, I'm on. I think we've had this discussion ever so briefly, and I, I'm actually with you, Joe, on the. Uh, well, we'll touch on it, but you, yeah. I think the whole thing about the origins. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's with a uh, yeah with House of a Thousand Corpses. That was with it being Zom- Rob Zombie's first movie. That was kind of there's a lot of the artistic expression in that of hey, let's see what I can do here, and so it got a little little crazy, a little huh, and uh, quite a bit of what the fuck. And yeah, especially then, at the end. Oh yeah, and then you've got Devil's Rejects, and that was just—I loved it. That was that was such a callback to like '70s grindhouse mm-hmm. type of of movie, and it, it was—I loved it. I, I yeah, I even got a Devil's Rejects T-shirt. <laughs> but <laughs> then to go into and here's the segue into his Halloween remakes. I will say, and I, I know I might be a little vilified or standing by myself on this, but I like the first one. I the like, se- I'm, I like okay. the first one. So we're fifty-fifty. <laughs> but the second I, one, uh, the second I one, I like the, the first toilet. one uh, to a degree. There's certain well, aspects I really did not like. Yeah, well, I'll say with the the first one, I did like the first one. The second one, I liked the first twenty minutes. After that. Rob Zombie straight off into his own artistic vision again, and granted, I haven't revisited it in a long time to try to watch it again. I remember I saw it in the theater was the last time I saw it when it first came out, and I'm watching it with one of my buddies who's a huge Halloween fan too, and we're watching it, and yeah, it got to that point of like it's just Rob Zombie's wanking off and throwing it on the screen of like this is my vision, this is my vision, this is my vision, and I'm like, what the fuck is your vision? It's not. It's why, why did you call this Halloween too? You're great for the first 20 minutes and then you fucked it up. Well, it's kind of like with um, Lords of Salem. Great I still movie haven't for the seen first. That one. I need, it's I good for to. the first like hour. It's very atmospheric and weird, and and then I don't I, like he dropped acid in the middle of production. I don't know what the fuck happened, <laughs> hey, so but is, all of a sudden it's like what the fuck. This just dawned on me. Is Rob Zombie the horror movie version of Tim Burton because he puts his wife in all of his movies? Could be. You know? <laughs> yeah, it could be because, like a Tim Burton movie, you could look at it in two seconds and know it's a Tim Burton movie, and Rob Zombie movies are almost the same. They have the same aesthetic style to them for the yeah. most part. Well, that's the whole thing. Uh, Devil thought. Rejects maybe a little differently, but... Yeah. Well, that's the whole thing. I mean, even a callback to of Rob Zombie's artistic style that uh, is a great, great... I don't know if it's, you'd call it a documentary or not, but it's like the history of Headbangers Ball on MTV. Oh. That he he did the set design. That they, I guess they had there like a month or two long thing that you just you know tune in and you get Ricky Rackman and in the background would be Rob Zombie doing illustrations on yeah. the wall and doing I the whole set that. design. And it was amazing. <laughs> so anyway, so uh, I've said I liked. Uh, well, should I should I say why I liked? Or do you guys want to throw out, since we're on the hate part, go ahead and throw out the hate. All throw right. out the hate. Yes. Throw out the roll the hate, people. Let your hatred <laughs> flow through you. And unlike Don, I can't ask for my $8 back because I saw this movie for free. I got into like a, a free preview a couple nights before it actually came out. 
I, I just don't even really know where to start other than maybe what we already talked about, giving him, like, the picked-on, bullied origin. I, I just... The original Michael Myers, as a kid watching that movie, just seeing, like, some random suburban kid fucking snap for no known reason and stab his sister a billion times fascinated me. Like, that whole just, like, you couldn't grasp on an evil always, always took me, like, the whole thing where Loomis is going off about, like, the blackest eyes, the devil's eyes, and all of that. That yeah. all was completely just pissed all over in Zombies Halloween remake, where he's a kid from, like, a white trash family with, like, the mom's boyfriend or his stepfather, I can't remember what he was supposed to be, like, being a bully, and then the kid at school bullying him. It just, he's it took me right out of it. Yeah, I just... That whole one note sort of thing, it just it drove me crazy. So I already was not liking it. But anyone that tells me they like that movie, I'm just going to throw out one image. And I've never met anyone that can defend it whatsoever. When as a little kid, he gets the mask and puts it on, and he looks like a living bobblehead, everyone in the theater – laugh their asses off that should have been like a very traumatizing moment of seeing this kid snap and it was the funniest damn thing i probably saw that entire year on screen it was ridiculous and i just at that moment i wanted to get up and walk out but i'm like no i have to finish this and it just got worse from there and like you know then he's like this giant hulking monster and that was never what mike myers was about I mean, he was just like this unrelenting force, and they just threw that all away for the remake, and it, it drove me crazy. It went against everything of what that movie had really been about spiritually, you know, and it, I hated it. I really did, and I get in arguments with people all the time about it where they'll even say, well, I don't like it, but I really loved it. And that's one where, like, everyone has their own opinion. That's the one I'll be no, no, you're fucking crazy. You're a fucking idiot. <laughs> well, you know what, though? Every movie is someone's favorite movie. Exactly. And I know people, like, Pulp Fiction is my favorite movie, and I know people that hate it with a, a passion. So I, I do get that. But this one, I'm just like, I no, the little kid with the mask on is, no, that scene right there kills anything that movie did right for me. I need to, I need to go back and watch that. Because I'm I'm, he, I'm I'm blanking on that scene at the moment. Oh my god! It's where like the sister's boyfriend has the Michael Myers mask and he comes over, and I don't even remember what really happens because I've tried to block a lot of that movie. And I was going to watch it uh, last night or the night before, but uh, to be honest, I didn't do my homework like you guys did because you know, <laughs> season three of House of Cards, so I had to binge that uh, <laughs> for the last two nights. Yeah, I've been but showing there is, restraint, it, man. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I blew through that entire thing in less than 24 hours. Uh, but no, the, from what I remember, there's a scene where it is where the, he finally snaps and goes to kill the sister and the boyfriend or whatever the hell was going mm-hmm. on. But he grabs that mask and puts it on, and there's a shot of him like in the hallway. And he stands up, and it's just the most ridiculous-looking thing. He looks like um, Sam from Trick or Treat, where he has like the big mm-hmm. bulbous head and like, the little tiny body. That's what it looks like to me, and I'm not even lying. It was a packed house. Every single person in that theater laughed their asses off at that scene that was supposed to be like this terrifying moment of a little boy finally snapping. That's why I hate that movie. I just 
they killed what was like the the intent of the character and just totally obliterated it and, and i mean they had this hulking dude have like a mask fetish and like psych ward at the jail and it, i don't know it, it just drove me crazy well for for me i i do like a little bit of the backstory stuff um I will say that yeah, I, I can I can agree with your point of there's a bit more of the shock of just being you know uh, white siding uh, suburbia, having the shock of the little clown kid versus white trash fucked up beginnings. That uh, yeah, that does tweak things. Myself though, I did like the all the stuff in the institution. Uh, to me, it, yeah. it it covers over the whole bits of just that that Loomis hints at uh, D- Donald Pleasance's Loomis in the original. And say, so, you know, that I spent, you know, uh, I'm forgetting the exact quote, but, the, you know, I spent this many years trying to reach him and, and heal him, and then I spent this many years trying to keep him locked up. But I think that's where they kind of, uh, no disrespect to Rob Zombie, but where they kind of bastardized that, because the Donald Pleasant's version of Dr. Loomis showed, you know, like you just said, you know, he tried first to reach him, then he spent this much time trying to keep him locked up, whereas in the Rob Zombie version, he was like the Jerry Springer Dr. Loomis, where he was just um, cashing in on the fact that he treated the infamous Michael Myers. That was it. True. It it had no soul to it for me. I mean, it it just... And I know Rob loves that movie, and that's why I was so I was locked in on that one. The trailer looked good. The cast was fantastic. I actually really do love Rob Zombie as a director, but I think he's the horror version of M. Night Shyamalan. Like someone should take the script away from him at some point, <laughs> rewrite it, just use his ideas, but rewrite it to make it really good. Yeah. And yeah, that was coming up with the devil. Him and the, and the, the, sorry, I was going to just say, yeah. roll up the script and him in the nose and go, no. No, no. <laughs> but see, and I also had high expectations because he was coming off the devil's rejects, which I did. I, I mean, that movie is one of the best horror movies in the last, uh, how long ago now? Yeah, so American, I should I did, say American-made horror movies. Because we'll, yeah, yeah. we'll get on the foreign films on one of these ones, and God, there's there's so much love we could espound. No, no, but yeah, it just—I don't know—it it hit every note wrong for me, yeah. just over and over and over again to the point where I was just like, "Fuck this movie." I, w- I will say on a, one, one of the redeeming qualities you might like if you, um, I, if you ever did actually somehow got a hold of it on on DVD or Blu-ray, um, the outtakes are quite hilarious because there's <laughs> there, there's great extended scenes of Malcolm McDowell and Brad Dourif as the as the sheriff riding along in the car. They just riff off each other. I mean, these two 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 great actors, and there's bits. It there's like a 20 minutes of stuff of just them riffing on things and outtakes and <laughs> bloopers, and it's hilarious. <laughs> I love DVD extras and Blu-ray extras, and oh, I yeah. like extra. I, yeah, I'm I'm a spe- I'm a special edition and expanded edition whore for that. I, that I. I had friends back in the day that confused the hell out of them. I say, no, if you're buying me anything, I want the letterbox. I, w- I want the full screen vis- version. Don't give me pan and scan. And I want any deluxe editions that have all the extra behind the scenes, commentaries, all the other stuff. And you're like, why? And you know, it's got the big, I mean, back in the day still when you have people like, it's got the big black lines on the top and bottom of the screen. What the fuck? Why did they cut <laughs> off part of the movie? Ugh. Jesus. Then I'd show well, them. My the great- thing is, is that, I, you know, being very into Kevin Smith stuff, he 
really was the start of like DVD extras for me because everybody else would be like, oh, well, here's some photos of the cast and um, here's the trailer. Here you go. And Kevin was like, well, we're going to have six different commentaries. We're going to have outtakes. We're going to have, you know, 20 minutes of extra footage. We're going to have this. And it was awesome. It was because it was it almost made a whole nother movie, you know. And oh, yeah, I've got I got the the, the special edition of uh, Roadhouse. This got him and Mosier mm-hmm. doing, doing the commentary. <laughs> <laughs> and I've got I've got Orgasmo by. Uh, Matt, oh, Orgasmo. Uh, yeah, with with Kevin's commentary that really he's just talking about the movie, but not talking about what's going on in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, that's there, there. But yeah, there's like that Orgasmo has got like eight different commentary tracks, including one of uh, Matt and Trey when they're drunk. So I mean, stunt talk. Yes, Chota <laughs> boy, use your hamster style. <laughs> Cock rocket. <laughs> yes, I, I love that movie. That movie's great. I don't want to sound like a queer nothing, but <laughs> you look kind of hot. <laughs> I don't mean to sound like a queer or nothing, but unicorns are pretty kick ass. <laughs> uh, and my my wife's all time favorite for that. I love you, Lisa. Her favorite one is T Rex. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna make me come. <laughs> yeah, we, we've definitely we've definitely left our PG-13 rating way behind now. Cheers, uh, Master Zero. <laughs> we had one of those. Shit. No. Nah. Oh. Whoops. Sorry about that. No. Sorry about that rating sword. <laughs> I think it's funny because I always forget to click the button when I post up a new podcast or, or get them sent up to iTunes. I forget to click the the, the part that says explicits. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whoops, oopsie daisy. Mommy was a stunt cock. <laughs> and again, the whole thing. <laughs> well, that's what mommy uses because your daddy's so small. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's why you never have batteries for your toys, honey. <laughs> <laughs> That's why all of a sudden your Wii is my Wii. Oh, Buzz and Woody. Uh. Now, there was one other remake that kind of was tied with me for the, like, like bad remakes. Mm-hmm. And it was so sad because I remember hearing all the backstory um, that Stephen King was upset with. Um, oh, my God. This is, shows you how bad sometimes my headache gets. I forget shit. Stanley Kubrick? Stan, thank you. Stanley Kubrick's original The Shining. I thought right. it was creepy as hell. I thought it was good. But apparently Stephen King thought it was a bastardization of his original story, which, you know, yeah. to be fair, you know, Kubrick left a lot of shit out. And but when they, too, yeah. when they did that miniseries, and I understand... On a miniseries, you can't go balls out because, you know, well, you can now with Walking Dead, but you couldn't at the time go balls out and be as graphic as you wanted or whatever mm-hmm. have you. It was back when but, sci-fi was sci-fi and not siffy. Yeah. Mm. Siffy. Yeah, we but call here's, it siffy. Here's the house. problem. The problem, and it's been a while since I've seen it, and I honestly did not want to go back and watch the remake is because the casting of the child for Danny Torrance, that was fucked up. Yeah. I'm hoping this kid outgrew the awkward look he had. 
because his cheeks, it looked like he had the perpetual, like, grandma pinching your cheeks and going, what a face, what a face. <laughs> he looked like a chipmunk. Exactly. Like, and on top of that, he had the huge fucking choppers. Yeah. yeah. You know? It, 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 I wanted that kid to be just boosh, evaporated. <laughs> Wake your man, Gaggy. He's like, what the fuck? I, that's it. I'm popping in it. Because this, this was this was horrible, and I love Stephen. Um, it was it Stephen Weber, Jenny, that yep. did. Uh, yes. Okay. Because I'm trying to you. It was something you recommended, wasn't it? The audiobook. What, no, not the audiobook. Uh, this is long before we even started doing the podcast. Me and you were talking about. Uh, there was like a um thing on Amazon where they were doing a um bundle of different movies, Stephen King movies. Yeah, and there was one of them you recommended. I'm hoping to God you did not recommend The Shining remake to me. <laughs> no, I, I no, I don't believe that I did. Like it was, I mean, I got why they wanted to make it, yada yada. But I, again, I'm with you. That kid really bugged the piss out of me. Uh, but thankfully, you know, no Shelley Duvall, so I had that for it. Because I, I don't. It, I just, she really bugs the living bejesus out of me. I, I just can't, I don't know why, just she, uh, she's so overwrought and ridiculous, and it's like, oh, shut the fuck up. She was good in the movie, Roxanne. <laughs> Not a horror movie, but yeah. I'm just saying. Come on, olive oil. <laughs> I just can't, oh, oh boy. God. I'm just like, oh, boy. I'm sitting there watching it going, you should probably kill Wendy. <laughs> Honey, darling, you know, light of my life. <laughs> let me finish what I was saying. Oh, I love that scene. I'm not going to hurt you. I'm just going to hit you over the head. I'm just going to pass your brains in. Um, I, got, I just got one quick one to throw out there for another one that I hated, but it has one brief redeeming quality. Um, that's the House of Wax. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one brief redeeming quality. Paris Hilton getting killed. <laughs> Bingo! <laughs> I win plus five internets. <laughs> uh, well, I know uh, we, we touched on it briefly in the, the previous episode, too, is uh, uh, Gus Van Zandt's shot for shot remake of Psycho. I mean, that was just, that was, that was artistic masturbation. <laughs> really. Oh. But I don't hate it, though. But wait a minute. I, I don't remember I Alfred Hitchcock like zeroing in on uh, what's-her-name's asshole. <laughs> it was I don't remember time. that in the original. That's in the outtakes. That's <laughs> <laughs> in his own personal collection of Super 8s. Good evening. I would like you know, it's actually, it's actually gotten to the point because of the Anne Hitch's butthole thing where when I picture the shot-for-shot shot remake... I picture using her butthole in place of the of the drain. Remember when was goes the drain original? I've kind of gotten it's become so well, epic in my mind that it's like, oh, that's what they use for that segue. Her her butthole. Well, you do you do know in the original because it was in black and white, and to maintain that the color they wanted for the blood, they used chocolate syrup. They did. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> another layer. 
And we go, so we're going from chocolate syrup swirling into a drain that cuts into a spiral on her eye. Brown eye. Yes. <gasps> it's all coming together. <laughs> bum, 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 <laughs> The synergy, synergy. It's, it's as Alfred originally intended it. Yes. Because <laughs> then Brits are twisted. <laughs> oh, so, um, oh, we got about oh, 10 minutes or so to go here. Anyone got last uh, ones they want to throw out any bile upon? You know, I've been trying to get Amanda in here. She's like, why do they want to talk to me? Because we like her. That's what I was trying to tell her. And she's just I've, like, but why? Because she's watched, my bubbles. I watched, I watched your video log. I told her she's the queen of fucking darkness. She has to join in on this one. Let, let, let me try to get her just for the last five minutes. Hold on. Okay. Uh, Trimmer, did any of you guys, uh, the way she just called her the queen of darkness, uh, any of you guys read uh, uh, Dork Tower, the comic strip? No. no. Oh, God. There's there's a character in that. I'm forgetting the character's name, but she's uh, she's known as the perky goth. <laughs> She's happy, cheerful, but yeah, she's got the whole, she's got the, the dark dress, the, the, the eye makeup, and the, the onks, and everything, but yeah, she's known as the, the perky goth. <laughs> okay, I have been told, she's entering the room now, so I'm gonna okay. have to, like, do this real fast, because she is holding a blunt instrument of doom. She Uh-oh. goes, this is the last thing I wanted to do, I'm on the rag, I worked all day, I'm in a bad mood, I've got a cold, you owe me! So... <laughs> On that note, here's my darling lovey, lovey, lovey of 50, almost 15 years. Take it away. Here, passing the microphone on. Hold on. You better come out to some alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome aboard, Amanda. What do you mean? You don't, you don't know how to talk? Have you heard me talk? Yes, I have. <laughs> what the hell? We've, we've seen Hi, you Amanda. talk. Hi, Amanda. Hello. Hello. <laughs> So, okay, so a movie you hate, a remake. Let's hear it. Uh, a remake that I hate? Yeah. Oh, I hated the I hated the remake to Evil Dead, and I hated the remake. To, well, I didn't hate the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but I didn't like it. But no. the Evil Dead one made me mad. Yes, your your, your significant other uh, threw down a personal challenge to Bruce Campbell on about a ten minute rant. <laughs> <laughs> and we will be Don't tagged. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, we we fit on a few. Uh, any? Because uh, who else did we start? Well, I said the the haunting, and the with the haunting of Hill House. That uh, the just going from a classic that was nice and atmospheric, and then you just drown it in CGI's and shit acting. <laughs> I, I don't even remember it, and that's how memorable it was to me. There you go. <laughs> um, what uh, what else do we got? Well, we talked about the Halloween, the Rob Zombie. What's your opinions? Yeah. Uh, I kind of liked it. I can't lie. I'm sorry. I know I'm in the minority, but I no. like it. No, it's actually you, you shifted it to the majority because we were 50-50. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm the only one that well, hates cool. that one. <laughs> well, Dawn didn't really like it either. That's true. She said, yeah, but she didn't hate it. She didn't vilify it like you did. <laughs> I, 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 I hate it. I hate it so bad. <laughs> uh and Nightmare so, on Elm Street, we talked about also. Yeah. I liked that one. I mean, I like that they gave it a spin. Like, you know, maybe he wasn't guilty for a minute anyway. But that's about all I liked about it. And that, that actor I really liked, too. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I like 
I always remember him from Bad News Bears, but then of course can't forget him as Rorschach from Watchmen now too. But yeah. Um, oh yeah, apparently uh, you had some dislike for the Maniac remake. Yeah, it was really, really, really dull. I just wandered aimlessly. I'm like waiting for something to happen. Well, with the with the original, did it really have that much direction? Because it, I mean, I watched I watched them both the other night, and it was just. Even in the first one, it seemed like he was going from killing to killing, and it didn't seem well, yeah, coherent because he's crazy. <laughs> neither one of them is particularly great, but yeah, I was going to fall asleep through the other the, the remake. Uh, well, I don't know. Like I said, uh, the, the, since we've broken this into two episodes, and then the last one I said, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for great cinematography, and just to think of the, the camera tricks they were doing for, for so much of the movie being from the first-person perspective, and then even when you're showing his reflection in the mirror, to not catch a camera in that reflection, too. So. Sorry. <laughs> Booze incoming. She hands me a beer. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I'll chase with that. <laughs> uh, well, is there anything anything else anybody wants to hit on? We got a couple more minutes here before we get a wrap up for file size for posting. Any other last minutes to throw out? I'm trying to think if I hit hit them all on my list. Um, well, I, I mean, there. we've kind of talked about it a little bit, but um, going back to Texas Chainsaw Massacre, um, I think a lot of the problem with it because there were some parts that kind of were gritty enough to kind of suck me in a little bit but it was just so slick it was so polished and and it tried so hard to not be but it just was yeah I get that yeah, yeah, the first is so raw and gritty I mean you could almost oh, think yeah. that someone actually was filming that and you just found the footage somewhere Exactly. Yeah. And exactly. the second one, it was like, oh, this is so Hollywood. Let's so. color grade this and make it look all drab. Well, I'll, throw, I'll throw out my random trivia, then it'll check, check your horror movie cred, which I know I don't need to. But mm-hmm. um, with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, what was the date? Oh, shit, I don't even remember. Yeah. I've watched that movie so many <laughs> oh, times. I, I, I've got an unfair advantage because I always remember it was August 18th, 1973, because August 18th is my dad's birthday and I was born in 1973. <laughs> uh, but the, the, other, the other side uh, trivia for that, whose voice is the narrator over the shots at the beginning? John Lerickett. Bingo. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, like the I, minute I heard it start, I was like, oh. I know this. I know this voice. It was that was a good moment. I miss Night Court. <laughs> Me too. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess on that note, since we've kind of wound down, uh, good a place as any to try to wrap things up, I guess. Uh, so, uh, anybody got anything additional to throw out, uh, contact-wise, Joe? Uh, just follow us on Twitter at Podcast Macabre. And Jen, you got anything? Um, no, just, you know, I, I really want to put it out there that we're very big on audience participation, and anyone who has, you know, a topic that they think would be interesting to hear us talk about or, you know, a subject they want us to touch on, a movie they'd like to hear our opinions on, feel free to hit us up on Facebook or Twitter, and um, 
let us know your thoughts and give us, you know, your ideas yeah. for what you'd like to hear. Yeah, Come that's why. Yeah, that's why I should say. Uh, uh, I forgot to shout him out. I, I, I think I name checked him, but didn't give the true shout out in the last episode when we were talking about uh, invasions of the body snatchers. That uh, uh, our friend uh, Charles Ellis, that he uh, uh, plugged that one up when we originally posted the list of remakes that we had, and when we we're looking for more input. So uh, thanks, Charles, for throwing that one out as well. And uh, hope you've enjoyed the show as well as anybody else who's been listening. Uh, Amanda, you got anything you want to say? Uh, she actually handed it back to me and started chugging okay. the uh, liquor I finally provided for her. <laughs> <laughs> so I know you said you had a second shout-out you were going to throw out on this episode? Yeah, because she actually is now in the room, so she'll actually hear it live. Um, <laughs> Amanda's birthday is coming up on the 6th, so I wanted to wish her a happy birthday as well, albeit Yay. early. If she doesn't bludgeon me to death with her cane. <laughs> happy motherfucking birthday you too, you bitch! <laughs> Where's my cake? Where's my lumpy bumpy cake? See, I'm having, as soon as you said as soon as you said the cane, I'm ha- I'm having visions of creep show with Father That's Jay. That's uh, my mom went straight there too. Where's <laughs> my cake? They're comparing you to the old man in creep show right now. You gotta give she it context. Actually, she smiled at that and went, "Thanks, guys." <laughs> give it context. <laughs> Speaking of, that's that's definitely going to be that's going to be a definite future episode is anthology films. Uh, I do have a deep love of those. So as do I. Yeah. Me too. So, on that note, uh, hopefully, folks, uh, thanks again for listening. Hopefully, we're going to try to keep on at least um, uh, once a month uh, between our work schedules and random times we can connect. And uh, if we can get, <laughs> since we are very verbose people and opinionated. That uh, we tend to just we're doing like three hour recording block at a time, folks, and uh, we got split into two episodes because of the the hosting site that I'm using. But uh, if we do manage to get <laughs> topics we can keep to an hour and a half, we might separate episodes out to a couple weeks apart or something. But for now, we're dropping the bomb of two of them on you at one time. Listen to them at your own leisure. So, on that note, uh, anybody got anything else? Nope. Nope. Okay. Oh, I uh, forgot to tag up. Uh, don't forget to check out my blog, uh, Making It Through the Middle, on blogger.com. And also, you can check us out uh, on our Facebook page, which uh, hopefully you've already been to, and that's how you found us on uh, for Pubcast Macabre. I gotta keep saying Pubcast. I've been listening to Pubcast too damn long. Those <laughs> Irishmen have infiltrated my brain. Uh, the Podcast Macabre. So, on that note, uh, I guess we're out of here. So, I have been Chris. This is Joe. This will continue to be Jenny. And assuming I'm not going to get killed for, why did you put me on the spot? This is Dawn, or has been Dawn. (laughs) Okay. See you next time, folks. Watch more horror.